Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you might be. This is the Groovy Podcast. This is episode 52, I believe, which I think is, what, season two, episode three, something like that, or I don't know. I've got, I've got it all labeled, but I wanted to do a special podcast. Uh, my name is Ken Cousin. I am podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut, but I'm joined today by two people, one of whom is... My name is Sergio Del Amo. I am podcasting from uh, Guadalajara, close to Madrid, in, in the center of Spain. And we also have... My name is Zachary Klein, and uh, I'm coming out of St. Louis, Missouri, uh, not too far away from the uh, uh, OCI mothership. Wonderful. So uh, we have, obviously, we have Sergio Del Amo and, and Zachary Klein, both from OCI. And of course, the big topic of conversation that we're going to want to cover is the more recent BridgeCon that held in Madrid, what was that March 16th and 17th, I believe? On the 15th. So there was a workshop day. So it's always like a three-day conference. There are like two, two, two regular talks day and, and one workshop day. That's right. You actually did the, the Grails tutorial at the work at the Greach. Is that right? We had a a training before Greece, the two days before. So I, I was doing a training be just before Greece, a, a great training. We we have been doing that in the last uh, GRConf uh, EU, I think in the US as well, and also Greece last year. Uh, I did a workshop in the first day of the workshop days in the conference about uh, great security um, and a talk on, on Friday. So you did a talk about Grail security and... I did a workshop about Grail security and a talk about uh, mapping a tree uh, with GORM, which is uh, mostly SQL, <laughs> believe it or not. Okay. Uh, I, I did actually sit through the, the webinar. You did a webinar recently at for OCI. For those we did a webinar with Marcin uh, just 10 days before Grids, which was related to JEP. Uh, my beloved Jeff, um, but uh, that was not covered in Greece. Actually, I, I believe there was no Jeff talk in Greece. Which is ironic, given that you were Which there and so yeah. many others. Uh, how did the uh, tutorial go? By the way, the training, I should say. that Was the Grails training well attended? Did you have a lot of interest? We have uh, a dozen people, more or less. Uh, so actually, as, uh, we ha usually offer a, a, a big discount for Greece attendees. And, and we have many people from the from Europe who actually not all of them stayed for Greece. So next year we probably need to do a, a better job um, evangelizing the conference because um, yeah, Madrid normally has really good flight connections in Europe. So if you are really into the Groovy Grails uh, ecosystem, it's a, a really nice conference to attend. How many um, uh, how many attendees did you have this time? I think this year Greece had uh, roughly the same as last year, so I think around 120, something like that. Um, so I, Greece uh, renews itself every year. So this year, actually, we were missing some of the of the usual suspects. So Bart uh, Beckwith was not here, who has been attending for the past, I think, six years. He he missed it the, this year. Also, Andres Almirai was not here. Also which uh, has been coming a lot of times. Um, uh, Skank was not here as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, more or less like every year, like 
40% of the attendees are new to the conference and 60% are regulars. Um, there are several firms in, in Madrid area who use uh, Grace um, and, and Groovy related technologies. And so many, many times it's uh, attended for, for those developers. Now, are you involved uh, on the organizational side at all, or do you simply speak at the conference? No, the conference is organized by Ivan Lopez and Alberto Vinches. Um, I just uh, help them with the mobile phone applications, um, but they, they carry all the all the conference weight. Uh, so I actually first started working with Grace due to this conference. So this conference is like half an hour with the car from where I live. Mm. So I, I actually was not aware about Grace existence or anything, and and I was uh, one day drinking beers, and they told me, yeah, you should uh, come to this conference because I was actually at that time I was I was working with Strats. Ah. So imagine how I felt the first time I saw Grace was like, uh, wow, and yeah, they told me to attend. I attended, um, and I have been working with Grace since. So um, I have a, a, actually a kind of a sweet spot for it. Wonderful. Uh, I mean, this, the, the conference itself has a sparkling reputation, of course, and is quite well known within the Groovy community and the Grails community. Yeah. Uh, it, one of its primary features, of course, is that it's so low cost. And of course, everybody wants to come to Madrid, Madrid if you're able to. Uh, yeah. Forgive my accent. I'm going to try to get some of these things right. But, you know, I'm an American, so there's no guarantee at all. Madrid um, was well pronounced. <laughs> Well, I noticed that, uh, yeah, a couple of people were not able to be there, but you did have Graham Roche. You did yeah. have, uh, uh, from the just from the pictures on the on the site, you've got Paul King as well doing his uh, Groovy update. Let us know let us know what's going on in the Groovy ecosystem. And, uh, of course, our old friend uh, Dirk Koenig was yeah, there. Yeah, that was awesome. So I was like, uh, for me, I was one of the highlights for me of the conference. So it's tough to see him around in, through in the conference uh, circuits. So actually, there was one guy who got a signed copy of uh, Groovy in Action, the uh, second edition, with both uh, Paul and, and Dirk. And they were joking that that was the only copy uh, signed by both of them in the world. Wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to have a copy of that. Of course, these days, it's hard to sign a digital ebook, but we'll figure something out. Well, that was a physical, a physical thick book. Yes. Yeah, I was always thinking that you had to set up some kind of digital signature for the digital books or whatever, yeah. some kind of encryption mechanism or something. Um, I should also be say uh, I should also say hi to uh, to Zach. Now, do you go by Zach or Zachary? What do you prefer? Oh, I'm flexible, but I go I go by Zach quite often. Now, for those who are not aware, Zach, in addition to his work at OCI, is a part of a family of Grails developers. Uh, you have others in the family who also are active in the in the community and in the um, ecosystem. Do you want to say anything about them, or do you want me to tell <laughs> So my dad, uh, Dave Klein, wrote um, a couple, um, the book uh, Grails, A Quick Start Guide uh, for the Pragmatic Programmer um, publishing outfit. And then my brother, uh, Benjamin Klein, uh revised the book um, a couple years back so uh yeah we've uh groovy and grails is kind of running the family uh, my dad was an early adopter and um, that's kind of how i got my start um in development in general 
So for Grails 2, a quick start guide for those who are not aware, uh, not only is that one of the best beginner books on Grails ever, that's probably one of the best beginner books on anything ever. I, I just, I love that book. It was really, really well done. And, and the update that was done with uh, Ben was also very, very good. I expect there'll be another update at some point as well. How did you uh, get involved in Grails yourself? How did you wind up working, well, in this community at all in general? Yeah. So um, as I said earlier, my dad was a pretty early adopter. Um, he was a, a senior Java developer um, for quite a while and uh, really caught onto Grails quite early. And um, so all the first uh, Grails and Groovy books, you know, they all showed up at our house. And um, uh, my parents homeschooled us. And so I actually just started uh, going, there, my dad worked at, for the state of Wisconsin and I would go in to work with him and I'd sit in a cafe, uh, my brother and I, and we would work through programming lessons that our, our dad would assign us. Wow. And, um, and so uh, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the work that went into Grail's quick start guy kind of came out of some of the, those early training sessions with our dad. Um, and he really is an excellent teacher. And so that was uh, partially where, where that came from. So um, I went into independent consulting, just kind of doing um, small small jobs for folks I knew, and then uh, started landing more substantial gigs. Uh, worked a bit with uh, Tim Berglund um, on some Grails stuff back in the day, um, and then in uh, 2015, I believe. So I've been doing uh, Groovy and Grails on my own for about five years. Um, got a call from from Jeff Brown. He, he um, uh, my dad, Dave Klein, had just signed on with OCI, and so um, they were looking into growing the team, and um, that's that's how I got in. And since joining o OCI, it's been a kind of a, a roller coaster, uh, but I've been able to get much more involved as far as contributing to either the framework or some of the surrounding um, the the surrounding ecosystem. Um, so it's been fun. I've been really excited, and and um, yeah, it doesn't look like look. There's no signs of things slowing down yet, so. Well, uh, that's probably going to lead us to our segue to the big topic. So what are you the working on? The elephant on? in the room. <laughs> Pardon me? The elephant in the room, right? Yes, of course. Uh, so what are you working on these days, which I imagine is going to connect to our big topic from Greech? Yeah, well, um, a number of us in varying degrees are, are um, working on the Micronaut front. And uh, so I've been doing some some stuff there some documentation as well as some some feature development and um yeah so we're working on a new framework so Sergio, are you also working on the framework or are you doing other unrelated things at oci i am i am working i am doing various things as well as sac so sac work work on the boo profile which uh, which we released in Grace 333 uh, the week before Grid. So that's uh, another big part that Zach uh, has been working on. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, a little bit of that got garbled. What what profile did you mention? So we released the. I I really don't know the pronunciation. It's Vue.js. Vue.js. Oh, yeah, the the Vue profile. As I, I recall, think so. there, was a, there was a tweet this morning, right? Or was it yesterday about uh, yes, the Vue.js? Uh, what is it, a getting started guide? So can you elaborate about the profile, Zach? Sure, sure, yeah. So um, yeah, back on the Grails front, um, we, we uh, put together a profile for a new JavaScript framework because um, there always has to be a new JavaScript framework every week. 
And uh, so this one's called Vue.js. And honestly, I think at this point, it, it should be considered one of the big three of the modern front-end uh, frameworks. Um, the other two being obviously React and Angular. Uh, Vue.js is right up there with them. It's much newer, um, but adoption is, is going kind of through the roof. Well, I shouldn't say adoption, but interest is going through the roof. Uh, people are really excited about it. So we put together a profile. It's um, it really is modeled exactly after the React and Angular profiles we already have. So it's a multi-project build, uh, Grails, REST API, backend with a front-end project using um, the Vue CLI, uh, native tooling. Um, it's all wired together with Gradle, so you don't have to install NPM. You can you can run everything uh, via Gradle if if that's your your thing. Um, and so that profile uh, went out with great with uh, version three point three point three 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 of Grails. And we've also just put put out a couple of, of Grails guides on using the profile and how to build a, a view a Vue.js app uh, with Grails. So it's a cool framework. Um, I encourage folks to, to to check it out, play with it, and um, if you if you use uh, either go to start.grails.org and uh, download a project with the view profile or create it from the command line, um, and it'll it'll work just like you'd expect. You'll get a, a Grailsy looking front end, but it's all implemented in Vue with a REST API backing it up. Wonderful. That sounds very productive, and I agree with you. My experience, at any rate, for what for what it's worth, I is that also Vue is uh, acquiring a lot of adherence very very quickly. It does seem to be the the framework of the month in the javascript mvc community if you will exactly i'm hopeful it'll, it'll 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 end up having more staying power than that um but yeah we'll see yes absolutely uh so sergio what are now of course uh i assume you are one of the core people working on the new micronaut framework is that correct uh, i am working a little bit um i, I would not call myself a core uh, developer in, in the framework so but I am working a little bit. Uh, I am many of us work in several fronts. So I do client work. I do guides uh, coordination, and, and so I write some guides. I am working on Grails. I'm working a little bit on Micronaut. So that's more or less the uh, more or less the the way we work is we are assigned to several tasks to several fronts. Uh, we are working on Micronaut, uh, but I am not not working full time on Micronaut. Okay, if you notice now, the increased pace, oh sorry. Say if you notice the increased pace that uh, guides and quick casts and other content have been coming out lately, that's all, all of Sergio's doing. Um, <laughs> he's the one that keeps us on track of making sure we have new content coming out for the for everyone. Well, it, it's clear that his name and certainly his presence is all over those guides. I mean, I, I see that all the time. So that's we're very grateful for that. That's very helpful. And just for the for the community itself and for anyone trying to learn how to work with Grails, especially the the latest features, the the modern stuff. When did 3.3.3 come out, by the way? We released it, uh, I believe it was uh, Tuesday before Greach. Ah. Um, or 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 ten days before Greach, I, I forgot. So it was released just before Greach. Um, so we we have done a lot of uh, actually Punit and Ival Lopez um, and also James put a lot of work in in fixing uh, bug issues and performance and and many people are using now the multi-tenancy features of Gorm and Grace integration. So we are uh, fixing some problems that the people are encountering while using those in the real world. Uh, so the latest uh, release has ton of improvements, so I encourage everyone to upgrade to that. Um, 
And that was released just before Git. So that's um, the latest stable uh, and the recommended uh, version. Now, you mentioned um, Puneet Bell, right, who is based yep. in India. I think he's in the Delhi area. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Puneet has been a longtime contributor to Grails in the area of upgrading plugins. All yeah, absolutely. And recently joined OCI just within the last year. I don't remember exactly when. I believe he joined on January or February. I believe oh. January. Um, he has been doing a great job in the in in fixing uh, bugs and grades in general. But as you say, if if you are um, using the uh, plugins, you probably are using plugins uh, for which Punit has contributed. He has upgraded many many grades to plugins to grades to. I've certainly uh, been fortunate enough to, to see his work in action, and it's been excellent. Now, of course, you also mentioned uh, James. How do you pronounce his last name? Is it Klee or Clay? Klee. Klee. K-L-E-E-H, I think it is. Um, I know that he recently did another OCI webinar on the GraphQL support, uh, and I finally learned that GraphQL has absolutely nothing to do with graph databases. It's it's simply yeah. an alternative to a REST API. Uh, he made it sound very, very interesting. So he did a, I, I'm sure recordings of that part of that uh, webinar are still available. Yeah, we have them in our YouTube channel. So if you go to youtube.com slash subject computing, or if you go to grace.org and scroll towards the footer of the uh, page, we have like a YouTube icon, which will uh, bring you to the, our YouTube channel. Uh, we have several playlists. One of them is um, called the uh, OCI webinars. Uh, so we have uh, like the GraphQL webinar is there, the the JEP webinar with Marcin that we uh, talked before is there as well. Uh, all the great quickcasts are there. So we are creating some video content. Uh, video content is, uh, as you are very aware of, uh, Ken is uh, time consuming to record. <laughs> so uh, we are we are creating uh, that content, but uh, that's uh, going in a slower pace than the guides content. Still, although you also mentioned, I was going to segue from this also, you said you did a Grail security presentation at Greech. I yep. got an email. I aren't um, isn't OCI doing a webinar on Grail security based on Spring security sometime in May? I think it is. I am. I am. I am. So I am doing the. I am actually the teacher of that uh, webinar. So we are uh, we are doing um, like three one hour uh, webinars, uh, introductions and to several topics. Uh, and then we are doing uh, at a really low price, like six hour workshops. Uh, so one of them is uh, going to be security. Uh, James Key is gonna do a GraphQL uh, workshop also. Uh, so we have uh, links to those uh, directly from grace.org. Um, but uh, yeah, we are trying to to create. Um, we, we have received the feedback that uh, we have users uh, all around the world, uh, and, and online um, training is probably the the training that works best for them. So we are trying to do m more of that, um, especially around the the latest features such as GraphQL or or important topics such as security. Well, that's uh, very helpful to me at any rate. I certainly enjoy a lot of that. All right, so the biggest announcement, of course, and OCI was at Greach in force, uh, did this giant announcement regarding this new micro framework 
that has been designed to create microservices. Maybe that's a better way to say it. It's a new framework for designing and building microservices known as Micronaut. So who wants to say something about that? Uh, so basically, um, it was really nice to be in Grid uh, for the announcement um, because there was, uh, so we already knew that that was coming uh, and we were really excited about it. Um, I was uh, in Grid, uh, instead of having, uh, so we, they had a, a Groovy keynote uh, first thing in the morning and then they had uh, the Micronaut uh, announcement, the, the last talk uh, of the day. Uh, and people, I, I don't think people saw that coming. So people were really surprised and 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 the the feeling and the feedback of the people was really um, really nice. Uh, we were really glad about that. Um, so basically, Graham, uh, who has uh, carried uh, most of the development of the new framework, which is also really nice. So one of the big selling points is uh, that the same guy who delivered Grace ten years ago and has all these. Uh, lessons learned uh, during all these years uh, is the guy responsible of the new framework. Um, so he, he delivered, the, he introduced the framework, he demoed the framework, um, he highlighted the, some of the features. He, he could not cover all the features because, uh, yeah, there was no time enough in, in a 45 uh, minute talk. Um, and then, um, yeah, the, the people were, Pretty surprised, and the following day, Alvaro Sanchez, another guy from OCI, uh, did another uh, talk about uh, Micronaut with more code samples, and that that talk was packed, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so a lot of people who were in the talk the day before were really excited about that, and uh, yeah, that's um, that's uh, all there is to say from the announcement point of view. Uh, a big excitement, really. Well, let's say something about the technical side of Micronaut. Yeah. So of course the the biggest selling point that now of course I'm only getting this secondhand I wasn't at Greech so I was just getting what I saw on Twitter I did uh, breeze through some of your slides that you wound up posting wanted to post it so the it looks like the biggest selling point of Micronaut is its size and speed. If, uh... Hard to say the biggest selling point. Um, so the biggest selling point is uh, so everything is done at compile time. Mm. So Micronaut uh, comes uh, with dependency injection and AOP also. Uh, all of that is done at compile time. Uh, so that uh, really breaks the um, normally uh, when you use reflection. Uh, the more lines of code you have in your project, the, the slower uh, startup time and memory consumption is going to be. Because uh, in order to, to support dependency injection and AOP, uh, the, the, the framework is going, is, needs to basically uh, read every file, every dot class, basically. Uh, so in Micronaut, everything is done at compile time. Actually, I don't think we have uh, any reflection at all in the framework. So the, the memory consumption and the start of the time are incredibly fast. So they are like sub-seconds. Uh, you mentioned before um, about Groovy. So you were worried about the, what's the status of Groovy and Micronaut. So Groovy is a first citizen in, in Micronaut. So there is complete uh, parity uh, with Java. So Micronaut is available for, for Groovy, Java, and even Kotlin. Um, and there is also some benefits about using Groovy. So there is like a runtime, 
Um, so then we have like a, a dependency if you want to use Groovy with uh, a couple of extra features. So I personally will use Micron with Groovy. Um, obviously, uh, being able to support Java uh, opens a bigger audience to the framework. Uh, but Groovy is in, uh, in our focus. Uh, I mean, we are uh, building many samples applications with Groovy. We probably will put a lot of documentation outside with Groovy. And I personally would encourage people to, to use uh, Micron with Groovy. So I don't think, uh, I think from, from a Groovy point of view, a new framework uh, which allows you to use Groovy as a first citizen is, is good news. Um, what else? Uh, Biggest selling points is, um, uh, for example, the, the framework uh, due to the, the low uh, memory footprint is uh, capable of running. You, ca you can run a Micronaut application in, in Amazon Lambda, for example. So it's flexible for uh, serverless um, applications. Um, we have managed to get the dependency injection working on Android. So I know you have played a lot with Android, so you probably are aware of uh, Dagger uh, for dependency injection. So Micronaut will be an alternative there um, as a dependency injection uh, component for Android. Uh, and also, most of the features are, are targeting the, the microservices world. So you will get uh, out-of-the-box uh, service discovery. Uh, you will get uh, things like a uh, circuit breaker. Um, you will get uh, an annotation, for example, which is uh, at fallback, which will uh, replace in case you have uh, any bin down. You get also an HTTP client uh, similar to Retrofit that I know you are uh, aware of and, and you love for Retrofit. So normally, if you work with Retrofit, you will use Retrofit and you will use Mossy uh, to get like the JSON payload and 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 inflate Java objects. So in Micronode, that's uh, not longer necessary because the HTTP client works in a similar way. You define, you define an interface. And at compile time, uh, Micronode will give you the implementation for the HTTP client and will give you the binding to the, to the response object that you wish to, to obtain. Uh, we get also an HTTP server as well. Uh, if you wish to use the HTTP server part of Micronode, which uh, is based on Netty, uh, Rx, Java 2, and, and all the reactive parties uh, for citizens, and we are encouraging that. Um, and yeah, I don't know if I have missed anything. Uh, Zach, if you, if I have missed anything, please uh, jump in. Yeah, I don't think you've missed anything. Um, and it, it is quite impressive how modular really Micronaut is. Um, there, there are a number of pieces of Micronaut that will make sense in an Android context, even a Grails application or a Spring Boot application. Um, it's uh, it, it be very much incorrect to think of Micronaut as being a replacement for Grails. It really is It really is uh, something uh, quite new, quite different, and that Grails developers will, I think, be able to take advantage of even in their existing applications. It's not going to be the case where if you have a Grails app, you're going to be expected to up and we wouldn't even call it an upgrade. It would be a migration, really, to to Micronaut. Um, there will probably be there will very well likely be pieces of Micronaut that you will want to use in your Grails application, and we've been working on that uh, just internally right now, doing some demos of um, uh, of you know it, seeing how how the integration can go, and it's it's quite a, uh, quite exciting. I, I think uh, there will be some real treats for Grails developers on existing versions of Grails and Spring Boot. 
uh, when Micronaut comes out. It's not going to be something where if you want to use it, you're going to have to rewrite your application or abandon your preferred framework at all. Um, it's There's going to be a lot of opportunities for integration. Okay, well, there's a couple of things out of that, that that kind of jumped out at me. Uh, one is, of course, the idea of the dependency injection framework. You're, you're right, there's Dagger on Android, which is, I will say, common, if not necessarily popular. You know what I mean? It's Everybody yeah. does seem to use it. Nobody really seems to be all that thrilled with it. I've always found it to be a, a weak copy, if you will, of Spring, you know, which was, of course, the most popular dependency injection framework around. Um, and then, of course, Spring Boot is underlying Grails 3 and everything going forward. Are you saying that you wrote your own dependency injection framework or something very different from anything provided by Spring or, or um, Dagger or I suppose Google Juice would be the other major one? Uh, all dependency injection in Micronaut is done at compile time. So that's the, the biggest difference with Spring. Um, we don't want to, to reinvent things that are working fine. So uh, Spring uh, has done really wonderful things uh, for the development in the in desktop and dependency injection. So if you use Micronaut, you will uh, find similar patterns for many things. Um, so the the biggest selling point for using uh, if you are if you like a Spring uh, dependency injection, uh, you will probably find a, a Micronaut dependency injection uh, pattern familiar. Uh, and, and you will get the benefit that everything is done at compile time. Um, but from a dependency injection point of view, um, I mean, you will get the, the, so you get the dependency injection, you can in inject your dependencies in the constructor, you can inject your dependencies with at inject, uh, you can use the get dependencies with qualifier, at qualifier. So all, all these dependency, um, a use cases that you are used to, those you will have them in, in Micronaut. So I think in the Android world, you will find, uh, I personally like more than Dagger. Uh, in the in the web application world, um, if you have worked with Spring, uh, you will have no, no problem catching up with uh, how dependency injection works in Micronaut. But you're saying that you're not using Spring's dependency injection, you wrote your own, is that is that a reasonable? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Micronaut, so that's I mean, Micronaut doesn't depend on the Spring. Yeah, Spring is all done at compile time too. Of course, they they just use aspect oriented programming. They use AOP. You're saying that you're doing everything at compile time as well. Is that also based on AOP, or is it is something different? As far as I understand, the Spring the Spring does a lot of things at runtime. Oh, okay. Uh, I understand it does things when you start up. Anyway, those are just technical details. When does the when does the framework become available? Because one of the somewhat controversial things that happened regarding Micronaut was that there were several demos, but there was no actual code available or, or ability to work with any of these samples or anything like that. Uh, this was all it felt like a big teaser, really, for the announce for the launch of the framework. So what's the schedule on that now? Uh, we are targeting uh, Q2 uh, for the first milestones. Uh, I honestly, I think it was more a Twitter controversy than a, uh, than any other problem. So I, I mean, I I think uh, everyone who attended Greece was uh, happy to see the demos and and see the code. Um, everyone who was there, I don't know if uh, 
Uh, we probably didn't convey the message properly, but uh, obviously uh, we still need uh, to do some work to finish the framework, uh, especially in the documentation part of the framework. So we don't want to uh, to open milestones uh, with uh, poor documentation. So there is a lot of work done um, uh, from a technical point of view, but we want to be to have a documentation really uh, to to ease um, the learning curve. Um, so until we are ready there, uh, we will not be able to release the milestones uh, releases. Well, um, controversy is a strong term. I mean, as you say, it was probably everything on Twitter is a controversy, right? Just almost by yeah. definition. Uh, but I would say that there was a lot of eagerness. There was a lot of uh, impatience, yeah, I mean, if you will, to see. We, we are excited as well. Um, but uh, we, are, we are still uh, finishing some some details. Yeah, I, I think it's it's understandable that there'd be some angst over you know having an announcement before there's any code available for people to get their hands on. We we, we definitely understand that. Um, I think the the calculus is that the the folks at Greech and, and elsewhere would rather know that something new is coming and have an idea of what's of what kind of capabilities that they're that that we're um, looking at providing. And like Sergio said, we really do want to make sure that we hit the ground running as far as <clears throat> documentation and content uh, stuff for the Grails community, um, having integration options available. Um, you know, it, 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 right now there's some cool stuff going on, but a lot of it is kind of head knowledge. And if you don't know what's what's available, it won't be quite as quite as compelling or quite as uh, approachable. So we really want to make sure that we have um, a lot of resources available at the same time when when people actually start to to access the, the code and, and make stuff. So the the statement was is that there'll be milestones in the second quarter of, of this year. Uh, any tentative plan for the actual release date? Do you have any idea when that will be? I don't think we have any official okay. uh, release date. So basically, what we want to achieve is uh, get the software some hands of uh, people using really microservice to the limit. Uh, get feedback from those, um, and then go back to the to the drawing board, uh, solve the issues that they may uh, find, and and then we will be ready for a final release. I mean, um, it's pretty stable right now. So I have been using uh, so search in Google Calamari is a micronote application for the past six months. So you can build the stuff already. Um, so I think people will be able to to build uh, cool solutions uh, with the milestone releases. Um, but before uh, calling a stable release, it will, it will, we will need some time. OK, well, um, there, you know, of course, the Groovy ecosystem already has another framework specifically designed for building microservices. And, and of yep. course, that would be Rat Pack. Uh, can you contrast or say anything to compare Micronaut with Rat Pack? I mean, how do those two relate to each other? Uh, is there pros and cons for Micronaut over Rat Pack as well? Um, so I am not an expert on Rat Pack, so apologies to the Rat Pack users uh, so who, who may don't like um, uh, my comments or my comments are not accurate. Uh, as far as I understand, uh, so Rat Pack, uh, it's a wonderful solution because it also achieves a really low memory consumption and really um, high throughput as well. Mm. 
Uh, also, the solution is based on, based on Netty as well. Right. So when Micronaut will give you is um, is uh, will give you more more solutions out of the box. So if you use Ratpack, you will need to decide. Uh, so Ratpack will give you uh, is probably less opinionated, so you will not have a a dependency injection solution out of the box. Uh, so you will decide, you will need to use uh, Google Use or something like that. Um, you will uh, if you want to use a security solution, you probably need to bake the, yourself a pack for you or something like that. Uh, so we'll have a solution out of the box um, in Micronaut. Um, so it probably is uh, the programming model. Uh, so will be more common to Grace users and to Ratpack users. So Ratpack users will be. Um, uh, it's like uh, everything is more open, so it's more like a flexible solution, and, and Micronaut will be more like a, a full stack framework where uh, we aim to give you more or less out of the box solutions for all the uh, more important challenges uh, in a Ratpack uh, in a microservices application. I don't know if that answered your question or not. It's it's a start. I mean, I, I it's hard to judge again. Um, I don't know that anybody who works on Ratpack has worked with Micronaut yet. I don't know that uh, you know the people working on Micronaut have that much experience with Ratpack. I, I don't know right yet. And and again, we're still talking about uh, betaware at best. I mean, it's not vaporware. Obviously, it exists, and and obviously, people have been doing demos on it. And that's very interesting to know, by the way, that that Groovy Calamari has been a, a Micronaut application for quite some time, right? Uh, so that's all good. It's just very hard to really see how all these things fit into the ecosystem when we don't really have anything to use at the moment. That's all. So I know you're going to be talking about this again at uh, GreatConf in Europe. Uh, that's uh, what's that, May 30th and June 1st, that time frame. Uh, yeah. Is OCI planning a big presence there as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, I believe, if I am not mistaken, Alvaro, uh, we'll do a Micronaut workshop. I believe SAC will travel as well to Europe. Oh, you're headed to GreatConf? Yep, yep, I'll be there. Alvaro will be there. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I believe um, uh, Paul King, uh, Ryan uh, Vanderwerf, and uh, Graham are going to be there as well. So I'm sure uh, there'll be an update. If not, I mean, by then, hopefully, uh, we'll have at least a milestone or two. Stay tuned. Yeah, the, the, I think I think people will be will be pretty pretty happy. Okay, well, Zach, I know you have a lot of experience with Grails, okay? Um, what sort of problem, I mean, I've been telling people for quite some time that Grails is not your predecessor's Grails version anymore. You know, mm -hmm. it, if you learned Grails five, 10 years ago, and you learned what it was, and it was very well suited to the classical problem of building a, spring hibernate type of large application with lots and lots of features and I, I like to tell people nowadays you can use for example the rest api profile or as you mentioned earlier angular react or Vue profiles to build applications that way and i've been telling people that you know you don't have to build a, a traditional monolithic application anymore you could go ahead and just build a small micro web service if you will uh, to in in Grails, and now along comes Micronaut, and now I'm not sure what to recommend. So, when do you recommend Grails as opposed to 
micronaut. You say there's no conflict there, but I don't, I got to admit, I just don't understand. I, it, I, I admit I don't know enough about it to know. So please help me understand when would I use Grails as opposed to when would I use Micronaut? Yeah, those are all excellent questions. And they're, and they're, and they're um, you know, definitely things that we're anticipating that, you know, people are going to be wondering. And so it's, there's, uh, and it is hard when there's no code and we can't show you exactly right. um, how, how it all fit together. But I think that, you know, I, I still speak on Grails. I'm still going to tell people that Grails is an excellent fit for a lot of web applications, including microservice ones. Um, the if you're considering building a microservice architecture and using Spring Boot, then you should consider using Grails. Um, all you're gonna, you pretty much have nothing but to gain, right? Because Grails adds additional power, additional uh, features um, to what Spring Boot already offers. Um, what we're finding out, though, is that there are people who even, and sometimes it's ironic because people will, will, will tell us that, well, Grails, was, it was too heavy for our, our, our microservices, and so we moved to Spring Boot which is not really a large uh, uh, change. They're, they're very comparable. Grails is a little bit uh, larger, as Graham uh, mentioned uh, and had his keynote at Reach, because we do have a little extra uh, magic that we're doing. Um, but nonetheless, you're basically talking, talking about the same class of an application, um, the memory footprint, the startup time. And if those are not concerns, then Grails is an excellent choice. And it's not, um, you know, the... the it's really not a shortcoming of the framework so much as just a change in how people are trying to use the framework. And uh, we've definitely done a lot through through profiles and such to slim down Grails and make it more suitable for a microservice um, architecture. And I still think there's going to be plenty of cases where um, it, it's it's still a great solution. And um, the 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 uh, thinking behind Micronaut is that Grails and Spring Boot and Spring in general were not designed for this kind of architecture. Um, they've been adapted, they can be used, and they still have a lot to offer. Um, but the, the thought was, what could we do with the lessons we've learned from these uh, developer productivity focused uh, kind of frameworks um, that we all like and, and love? And if we could take those sorts of lessons, but design something that was from the ground up intended to be used in a microservice environment of what what could what could we actually do how much better could it be and uh as far as things like memory usage and startup time and you know the ability to just instantly effectively spin up multiple in, you know instances of your of your application or your service without needing to wait for you know a lot of of runtime and startup time um wiring and, and setup being done and what, what I think we're gonna what's gonna happen, especially because the integration between Micronaut and Grails is looking to be, um, I don't know if seamless is the right word, but it's looking to be really uh, compelling, is that people will, will find that it makes sense um, to have an existing Grails application and to start splitting out or adding new services that are based on Micronaut and integrating those with their Grails application. And those things will use less memory, less resources. They'll be easier to start up and shut down as needed. Um, as uh, Sergio hinted at, um, things like service discovery and load balancing are built into Micronaut. You can do all that in Grails, you can do all that in Spring Boot, but Micronaut assumes you're gonna be using that. My, a Micronaut uh, project or Micronaut application uh, is, is designed with the assumption, if you will, um, that you're gonna have more, uh, that it's gonna be talking to other, other players in a, a larger system. Grails and Spring Boot still more or less assume that they are the be all end all as far as when you create a project. 
Um, it's, it's full stack and it gives you what you need to make an application. Um, obviously there's nothing stopping you from creating multiple applications and communicating between the two. Uh, but with Micronaut, that is a first class design pattern, right? That is uh, the way you're intended to build applications. And having worked on some of the internal stuff we're doing with uh, Micronaut, first particle, now Micronaut, um, it, it really is a, a refreshing way of doing microservice development because there's such a low, uh, such low friction between um, the communication between these microservices. Um, it's it's uh, and you can see some hints of that, I believe, in some of the slides that have been uh, reproduced. It's just so easy to create a new service and register it with your service discovery server, and you know use the correct annotations, and all of a sudden you're calling methods that don't exist on your service, but they exist in the other guys. Um, so and you and you'll be able to do that with Grails from you know from within Grails as well, uh, uh, working with other with um, services that are based on Micronauts. So. Um, like I said earlier, I don't think there's going to be a lot, um, unless you're already were considering leaving Grails, like your Grails out, you have a monolith or you have you know a, an architecture based on Grails and it's becoming too unwieldy for you and you want to move to something more modular, more not modular, more um, lightweight. And um, if you're already considering leaving Grails, then migrating to Micronaut is going to make sense. Um, if you have an older version of Grails, maybe you'll consider um, doing that. But I think a lot of folks are going to keep their Grails, especially Grails three on up applications, and um, and add new features and new functionality um, using uh, Micronaut services. And of course, you know we'll have to see how this all plays out and what people actually want to do. I don't want to forecast uh, too much, but um, but you know, like, like I said earlier, there's going to be parts of Micronaut that are going to make a lot of sense to use in Grails, um, and I don't think that Grails users have anything to, to fear as far as um, Micronaut becoming, you know, overshadowing the Grails framework. It may overshadow it as far as excitement because it's the cool new thing, um, but definitely not as far as um, our commitment to, to de developing um, both frameworks and making sure that the integration is um, is uh, really smooth and, and really powerful. So as far as how it's all gonna fit together and with Rat Pack and other things, I mean, time will tell. Um, but I think Micronaut is, it, it's aimed at a broader spectrum of users and use cases than Grails or Spring Boot um, were. Um, so it'll, I think it'll be really exciting to see. I think there'll be a lot of things right now where people are doing, you know, people are doing serverless applications and cloud functions and things along those lines. Um, to be able to have a, a dependency injection and um, AOP and these other uh, kind of advanced uh, concepts that we've come to 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 know and, and love in Grails and in Spring, to be able to do those in a completely um, different kind of and, and a much uh, smaller environment, I think is going to be open up a lot of a lot of cool possibilities. All right. Well I suspect that we're going to be revisiting those questions several times in the next in the few I'm the sure will. months. Right. So we're we don't we have a bit preliminary idea of what things are going to look like or at least uh, you have a much better idea since you've gotten a chance to play with it. But uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't know what it all means necessarily. But uh, as these things start to be released and we get a chance to play with them, we'll see. Now, of course, the big question that I don't know that anybody can predict right now is how the marketplace is going to respond to this, uh, how the perception will go. Uh, my hope is that no one will view the creation of Micronaut as an implicit criticism of Grails. You know what I mean? Uh, that 
there will be enough room for both and that people will still have faith that Grails has a bright future and will continue to grow uh, and be supported. And I know that everybody at OCI is saying that. The question is how well that message will come through. And, and I guess we won't know until we let this play out over the next few months. I will say though that uh, there's certainly a lot of excitement around the new framework. There's a lot of interest, but the fact that OCI is still producing webinars and producing getting started guides and is working on uh, the framework itself shows that Grails is still clearly a part of the overall mission and in the plan, certainly. By the way, any rough idea? Do you have any idea when Grails 4 is supposed to come out? Is there any clue on that yet, or is that still too early to say? I believe it's a bit too early to say. Uh, so I know James is working on, on some of those parts, um, but that's a bit early to say. Well, the only reason I ask is because Spring has now version to Spring 5 and Spring Boot version to 2.0 about a month ago. and. Yep. Those are both the first time that Spring has required a move to Java SE8, of course, uh, which seems funny given that we're now supposedly on 10, you know, on Java 10 now. This is crazy. Uh, so the question will be in the marketplace, if, if you are naturally thinking of Spring and Spring Boot, and the argument is, is that Grails is all that and more, when will Grails support Spring 5, Spring Boot 2? And my understanding is, is that that's part of Grails 4, so whenever that is scheduled to roll out, that's when we'll have a story again. I just can't be in that that intermediate area where people are saying, "Well, Grail seems to be behind that." You know, uh, I guess we'll see. Grails four will have Java eight as a minimum. Uh, it will have Spring Boot two and and Spring five, and it will stick with Corm seven, which will require if you are using the Hibernate implementation, will require a, a Hibernate five two. Mm -hmm. Uh, which will bring a set of breaking changes on its own, um, which uh, I really don't know much, but I know uh, the Hibernate guys are doing, uh, uh, they are pushing forward to deprecating some of the old stuff. So um, that's the plan for, for Grace 4. Uh, we'll probably have uh, also for Grace 4 uh, some of the Micronaut integration that uh, SAC uh, has been commenting into, into Grace as well. Um, so low-hanging fruit there, for example, will be um, if you are communicating between two Grace applications, uh, you will probably right now use a, a network library such as OKHTTP or, or REST client builder, something like that. You will probably uh, end up using the Micronaut HTTP client. Um, so that will be probably the first thing. Um, the first micronode feature Grace users uh, will use uh, will probably the will be probably the the cool HTTP client that ships with micronode. Well, so as, you mentioned, as you mentioned, Micronaut has all of these cloud-related features built right into it. Yeah. The service discovery and the failover and uh, does it use things like Hystrix and stuff, or is it? Did, did they roll their own on all those features as well? We have one. Uh, so Hystrix uh, is going to be supported. Uh, as totally we are, by supported, I mean we are going to do Hystrix integration uh, easier. But right now, we already have one uh, baked in uh, circuit breaker uh, pattern. Uh, so you will have like a, I, I, if I recall correctly, the annotation is called a circuit break. Hmm. Uh, so you can basically, um, yeah, do more or less. I mean, Hickstrick is uh, uh, more uh, full-fledged, but uh, the idea of the circuit breaker pattern is uh, 
make into the framework as well. All right, well, uh, we're gonna need to, oh, one last thing I had to ask you technically, is the minimum SDK on Java for Micronaut, is that SE8? Yeah. Okay, so that one already has required Java SE8 on that. Okay, good to know. Um, we do have to wrap up a little. Let me do a chance say something for Calamari, of course, because that's always one of our primary resources when putting together news items for the Ruby podcast. So can you say something about uh, Ruby Calamari? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Subscribe uh, rubycalamari.com. It's a weekly email uh, full of links. So I am. Uh, I have been reading in the last year uh, much more about microservices. So I have been actually uh, including some uh, links to microservices stuff, especially security uh, lately. Uh, so um, you can wait. Uh, you can probably expect from Ruby Calamari to to have more uh, microservices uh, leaks in, into the content. Uh, you will find a lot of great content as well. Uh, so we have been linking to the um, to the to the great guides. Uh, this yesterday I sent an issue uh, with several so several nice talks that I attended at Rich. So I attended um, a great G string talks uh, by Jacob. So believe it or not, uh, Jacob uh, did a G-string talk of 45 minutes. So I was joking uh, before the talk with uh, with another guy. Like it's impossible that he managed to cover uh, 45 minutes, but actually he delivered an awesome talk. Uh, I learned a couple of tricks uh, to work with G-strings, which is still amazing. Uh, how Ruby, uh, after working several years with Ruby, uh, you all you always uh, discover a new method. Um, and I attended also a really nice uh, security workshop by Jacob too. Uh, so I linked uh, to those. Um, I probably will link to more rich content in the upcoming weeks. Um, uh, yeah, that's subscribe rubycalamai.com. I did notice that I the um, the newsletter showed up yesterday, as you said. And you do have that link to that an entire forty-five minute talk on groovy strings. I I still can't imagine what he did in that. I take on your word that it was really fascinating. So I'm looking forward to seeing the recording there and finding out what in the yeah. world do you say for forty-five minutes about groovy strings other than well just put a dollar sign in it, you know. But okay, <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, Zach, is there anything you wanted to mention about things upcoming in the future? Anything you're going to be doing or, or where you're going to be presenting? Anything like that? Sure. So, yeah, we mentioned already I'm speaking at uh, GreatConf EU. Uh, I'll be talking pretty much about JavaScripty things. So I have a talk on Vue.js and the integration with Grails and a workshop workshop of, on Grails and React. Um, so, yeah, just back on the Grails front, that's, that's kind of my, the, my quote, specialty area, his uh, front-end uh, stuff. Mm. And um, how how to integrate and how to handle deployments and and things like that. So, uh, check out the Grails guides guides.grails.org. Uh, we just put a new one out on building a app with Vue.js and Grails, um, and uh, as well as uh, we mentioned GraphQL earlier. And I've written a guide on using GraphQL with Grails and with React. Um, so yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of cool stuff um, ahead for Grails. Um, I still my framework of choice and I still enjoy it and um, I'm really happy to get to work on it. 
Well, thank you both for making time to talk with us today. Uh, it's uh, always an adventure arranging an intercontinental hangout like this. Uh, yeah. People that are, I think between the two of you, you're at least six time zones apart. Is that right? Yeah. Between, I think it's about right. Between Madrid and, and St. Louis. Um, I will hopefully be able to see you. Uh, I'm coming out to St. Louis myself for the No Fluff Just Stuff. Conference. Yeah. And my plan, I just actually changed my flight, believe it or not, so I can come out a day early so I can drop by the OCI offices. So I'll get a chance awesome. to actually visit there for the first time uh, in early April. Let us know, and I'll make sure I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I told Jeff about it. So okay. hopefully I'll see him. From what I understand, uh, Graham will be in town that weekend as well. Uh, so I'll get hammered from all sides again on <laughs> everything going on at OCI. So uh, I think you're both doing wonderful work and, and great contributions to the community and the industry as a whole. Uh, so once again, thank you very much for coming and good luck with both Grails-related things and, of course, uh, the Micronaut launch and, and information there. Thank you. Thank you, Ken, for having us on. Okay, take care.